1900, Where the Master Reigns, Camden, Philadelphia, a part of the Beasley Broadcast Group. that God want to give to you the kingdom of heaven. You should know if you are to master that kingdom, ruling it, that you must get up, begin to prepare yourself to do such, qualify yourself to be the ruler and not a servant, but be the ruler and all the kings of the earth to make a country for themselves, they had to go to work. Before they could sit on a throne there, they had to clean up the throne. You want the throne, but you don't want to work for it. Yes, sir. Some of us think that going to heaven is a place where that I can catch up with some lost sleep. Go there and just lie down and sleep. Let the angel wait on us. I warn you, brother, the angel is not going to take you there. They don't want no burdens upon them. They'll kick such person as you out of their heaven into hell. You gotta be intelligent. You gotta be industrious. You got to be smart. You got to be willing to work for yourself. You don't go to no heaven looking for angels to serve you a platter of food, and you lie down and go to sleep waiting for the next meal, angel. The angel will throw you out of there in hell, I'm telling you. <laughs> operate on. Who? Operate on the black man. Get the disease of the devil out of you. Operate on the black man and take the devil out of him and the devil out of his community. The earth belongs to the black man. 
operate on the black man and take him to hell. There's no way of getting the devil out of the black man only by taking him as the Bible and Holy Quran teach you, separate them. Huh? Separate uh, the black and the white. Put the white to themselves and the black to themselves. This operating on you to get that white germ out of you. So that you and me can sit down in a peaceful place that the prophets call heaven. Sit down there, Elijah. Greetings. I'm your brother, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad, the local representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. Welcome to another great edition of Muhammad Speaks Radio. But it is, it is in his great name, the name of Allah who came in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever. We can never thank that God for coming as it was written that he would come and has come in the person of a man the long-awaited Messiah of the Christians and the Mahdi of the Muslims, Master W. Farad Muhammad. We thank him for raising in our midst a divine leader, teacher, and guide to prove of those 44 years that he was among us, that that, that man who taught him was a man full of mighty power, grace, intelligence, and wisdom. And you take a look at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, 44 years, and you'll begin to have that conversation with me. But it's in their great names that I greet this audience with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We simply say it in the Arabic language, in the language of the original scientists, in the language of the original people of the planet Earth, of Assalamu Alaikum, which simply means peace be unto you. It is not a foreign language. We are not seeking to be other than ourselves. We're here tonight to talk to you about the truth. And the truth is given to you by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad through the live yard of conversation that we have in and among our community. You were just listening to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and it's always great to represent this man to you and allow this generation to be acquainted with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and uh, allow this generation also to be reacquainted with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that you can hear this great wisdom directly from himself, that we take the few minutes and the opportunity to bring to you the words and wisdom of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That was the 1971 Savior's Day speech of, of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Operate on the Nation. And he was teaching us about the operation on the black man of why we went through these 400 years of hell that we went through here in America, that burning, that fire, as the scripture of the Bible talks about 
Abednego, Meshach, and Hadrach, that they were in that fiery furnace. And after they came out of that furnace, they came a refined and coiled people. And this is what we are trying to tell you, black man and black woman here in America, that for the past 400 years, we have qualified ourselves and we have positioned ourselves by the, our, our experiences, our history, to be that people of God. And like no other people, we fit every description of the Bible and Holy Quran of that people who would be that people who would stand up and come out of that fiery furnace and come out of that great people doing some great things. And this is what you see, the past history of the black man and woman here in the wilderness of North America. But once again, brothers and sisters, I am your host, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad here of the Muhammad Speaks radio show for this hour and this evening with us. We say call someone, call a friend, let them know that Muhammad Speaks radio is on the air. But before I go any further, I want to thank the wonderful brothers and sisters of Muhammad's Temple of Islam number 20 here in Camden, New Jersey. I thank each and every one of those brothers and sisters there on Haddon Avenue for the work and the diligent commitment to the program and position of the Nation of Islam as it stands on the Honorable Elijah Muhammad shoulders and all the righteous here in the community of Camden, those who are striving beyond religious labels, beyond religious titles, but doing the work and doing the work of gathering people together, which we call the work of the righteous. And this is our day, brothers and sisters, and this is our time. And as always, I want to thank the wonderful brothers and sisters of Crow. The Coalition for the Remembrance of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, our dear brothers, dear the co-founders, Brother Shahid Muslim, Brother Halif Muhammad, and my brother and friend and one of my mentors, Brother Munir Muhammad. I thank those wonderful brothers for being diligent for the past 30 years and reminding us about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. They are the archives of the Nation of Islam in this past weekend, this past weekend on the birth anniversary of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, which is celebrated on October the 7th, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us that in those days they didn't keep great record keeping and that all he know is when October came and went, that his birthday, that he knew he was another age because they kept, you know, during that time as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was born in Sandersville, Georgia in 1897. In those days they didn't do well, record keeping when it came to black people, and we was just a minute up out of slavery. So you can only imagine the the climate and the attitude of those who were in position and authority, and those in climate and attitude of those who were under their authority of that atmosphere. That those records just didn't just didn't get kept well, and we and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad celebrated his birth anniversary on October 7th. On October 7th, all around the Nation of Islam, members and brothers and sisters and sympathizers and empathizers of the Nation of Islam help us to celebrate here in Camden at Temple Number 20. I want to thank the wonderful believers there who we had a, a Saturday morning brunch and we listened to jazz and classical music and had a nice brunch and discuss about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And there in Chicago, the members of Crow showed a, 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 a film of show a film called The Nation. And that film is a great, great, um, I would, we would call it an antibody to what the um, enemies of 
Islam and the nation of Islam and Awalaj Muhammad of the propaganda that they show out against the nation of Islam. And some say with the movie Malcolm X done by Spike Lee. And when you leave there, it leaves a negative taste about the nation of Islam and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. This is why we believe and know that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was hated and still is hated sometimes among people who don't even know him, who haven't never been acquainted with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. But we know is when you see that older man and you watching the movie Malcolm X, you have empathy towards Malcolm X, but yet have very, very little empathy and sympathy for the man who taught Malcolm X and labored for 44 years. And the nation of Islam did not begin when Malcolm X entered to the nation of Islam. The nation of Islam began in Detroit, Michigan in 1930, July 4th to be exact. And it was a slew of history before young men like Malcolm X and other great people who came along to help the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as helpers and students came along in the 50s to help this great work, but we didn't get the history of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's struggles as he went falsely accused of sedition and had to go on a run and come from a state of welfare and his triumphs and his meeting Master Fard Muhammad, the great teacher, the Mahdi, there in the city of Detroit and going on the run and spreading Islam. This is long before any of these students were a part of the Nation of Islam, the ones that you know of, like Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and many others that you hear, hear about that's out in the forefront. But we know very little about the history of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So that movie that was showed at the Crow this past weekend called The Nation by Brother Junie Smith there, who was the producer and writer, and some of the writers of there, they were in town visiting with Crow, had a very successful film showing, and we're going to take that film showing on the road. I know there's discussions and talk talks about it being in Atlanta, and we're talking about bringing it here to Camden too as well, but stay tuned for that, because it's a great, it gives you a great taste in your mouth of the history of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam that we feel that is somewhat close to being as accurate as it possibly can be because we know the propaganda machine always want their ideas is not to paint the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam in great light. They want to show you that we're some villains and some people who did some evil things, but don't go into the great work that the Nation of Islam has been doing and waking up the consciousness of black people in America. Whether you was a follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad or not, you were affected by his work and affected by the Nation of Islam with the um, Muhammad Speaks newspaper and the Mr. Muhammad Speaks articles that was written in black newspapers there in Chicago and throughout Philadelphia and all the black newspapers and brothers of the Nation of Islam would take those newspapers and spread them out. And this is how the black community got acquainted with Islam, specifically Islam as taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And before I go any further, I also have to thank and pay homage to the great minister there, the minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who we continue to pray that Allah blesses him with great health and great spirits as he resurrected the nation of Islam when they buried the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He who was then the national representative stood up again and took his post. And today, the story goes, after three successful million-man marches and three and a successful uh, um, 
the bringing back of the life and the legacy of the nation of Islam and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, you and I can have, many of us can have that conversation today. And whether you agree with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan or not, you have to respect that man and you have to honor him wherever he go at. So we thank Allah for him and thank Allah for all the righteous brothers and sisters who are doing the work here and around this country and throughout the world to uphold the sun, moon, and star, the flag of freedom, justice, and equality. So once again, brothers and sisters, I am your host, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad. I have a wonderful show for you this evening. I have a guest here in the studio with me, a brother whom I've been knowing for quite some, a very long time, all of my young life, we would like to say today, but we're not getting any younger. But uh, you just stay tuned. This is a great brother. He's doing a wonderful work. And if you would like to call in, Give us a call locally here at 856-962-8178. If you're listening to us on the WTMR 800 AM on the AM dial here in the Delaware Valley, give us a call at 856-962-8178. And if you're listening to us on the World Wide Web through iHeartRadio or TuneIn Radio on WTMRRadio.com, Give us a call at 1-866-799-9090. Once again, that's 1-866-799-9090. If you'd like to call in with questions or comments or, you know, anything, just engage with us and have this live yard of conversation as we attend to bring the information and the inspiration to the black community, starting here with Camden in South Jersey and the Delaware Valley and eventually throughout the world. So will we have guests on here on this particular show? We have guests that's not only known here in the Delaware Valley, but people that's doing work all up and down and around the country and who are known for doing some great work. So you sit back and also you can go to Facebook Live. We're on Facebook Live to the Wasim Muhammad page there or the any page that's affiliated with the Nation of Islam, Muhammad's Temple of Islam number 20 here in Camden, New Jersey. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and uh, we're going to come back with our guest, the Reverend Chris Collins. And we have a lot to talk about, you know, the recent events and, you know, the violence that's going on in America. This brother was right in the midst of it here in Las Vegas, and he can give us his his testimony and his outreach of what's what happened and what went on and so that naysayers because i know as you see donald trump talks about fake news and all of those type of things that not only do we have to deal with fake news in the black community we have to deal with propaganda so when we have somebody who is on the ground and that can give us the honest opinion that is known and trusted in the black community for doing work in and amongst our community, we must pay attention. So call someone and let them know that Muhammad Speaks Radio is on the air. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back.
assalamu alaikum, and we are back. And it's always good to break it down. I know it's getting in here on the East Coast is nine. I mean, it's nine forty-nine, and and it's great to hear some sounds to get you in tune, to get your mind to settle down. And we know we live in a hell of a world. Pardon me, when everything is hush hush and rough rush, and we get out the house, we wake up in the morning, the alarm go off, and we run out and. You know, it's just a hell of a condition, hell of a world. And this is why we call it the hells of North America, because it's, it's really barely no peace, but our righteousness and our work that we do on working on inner self, by whatever way we come through to get to that change, because we're all going in the same road, you'll find that inner peace within yourself. And this is what we are trying to bring to you and convey to you here on Muhammad Speaks Radio, to, for you to find that inner peace. And we share with you what we has given us the peace that we have. And uh, and that is the teachings of the Ambalaj Muhammad. But this evening, I have a guest in the studio, a very, very, not only a great brother and doing a wonderful work for the past several years, I mean, several, several years here, and among um, the East Coast and all throughout America. He's a reverend. He's my friend. He's a brother. I've been knowing him since knee high. You know, we've come up together in the Parkside section of Camden. The Reverend Chris Collins. Peace, brother. <laughs> Peace, Minister Wasim Muhammad. God bless you. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Indeed. And assalamu alaikum. Yes, sir. Alaikum salam. And it's always great, brother, to have you on. I know we got a lot to talk about tonight. First, I want to talk about the amazing work that you do and have been doing for the past few years with the Anointed News Journal. You know, I mean, it's great work that you have that tenacity and that longevity to stay with it and keep going. And, and that paper is becoming more and more successful, is known all around the country and the great work that you're doing, and we're glad. I'm I'm just glad that I was being a part of those years that you've been here and working here in the community. Amen. Um, <clears throat> we're very fortunate and thankful that God has given us favor. Uh, we're in year 23 now. We were a monthly newspaper for 21 years, and for the past almost two years, we've been blessed to move to a weekly newspaper. Um, it's a lot of work. People wonder how I do it. And uh, I believe Nike came up with a saying a few years ago, just do just it. Just do it. Huh? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's, it's yes, something sir. because uh, tonight is press night, and I know I probably won't leave my office until around 7 a.m. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't think about sleep. I know I got to get it done, so I'm just going to do it. Yes, sir. Well, goodly is the reward of the worker, and we know. And that goes speaks to what the Ambalaja Muhammad was talking about in the opening of the show, talking about heaven, which is being a state of condition that it's time that it's not time to lay down and fall back and let the angels do the work. We're going to have to work That's this it. thing. And then if we want any sort of peace and contentment of mind, we have to work. And uh, it's funny that you say 23 years, brother. That's not no walk in the park, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's that tenacity and longevity. And this is what. I think it's best that we can convey to younger people here in Camden specifically, but throughout America about who wants to get involved and get engaged. But, you know, we start and stop and we have issues and problems. What is it that kept you going for 23 years straight? Well, the one thing is that you have to believe in you even when no one else do. <laughs> Go ahead. And uh, the one thing that you have, that no one can take from you is your name. Go ahead. And you have to keep your name good and keep your name honorable. That's what I teach my children. And um, 
the Anointed News Journal has always been a good name. And God has given us uh, a name that has become a brand and it has even become a household brand. Um, <clears throat> I used to wonder uh, as a young adult, what was my purpose in life? Why was, they, why was I ever born? Uh, there are seven of us. Go ahead. <laughs> and all my brothers and sisters are stair steps from 63 down to 58. And here I come nine years later. Mom, what's this all about? And uh, maybe about four years ago, I began to really take a deeper look at myself. And I said, well, my name is Christopher, the Christ, the Christos. So I am the anointed one. God gave me a vision 23 years ago called the Anointed News Journal. And he turned it into a brand called Anointed Worldwide. Mm -hmm. So once you recognize who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, then it's just carrying out the mission and the vision. And that's what we've been doing for 23 years. Well said, brother. And I pay, and I hope and I pray a lot that they're listening to you when you say that, that you found yourself, you know, you found you and looking for what is your purpose in life. And this is the journey that we all must take. And this is why we don't have time to sit back. You know, we have always, we already lost 400 years Mm -hmm. as a people. We can't get that back. And so we have, now that we are awake and conscious now, we have no time to waste in, you know, in that journey and that journey that we go on, that we come throughout in birth, that we look at that journey and we get to work immediately trying to find what is our purpose as it ties to the creator. And that's a wonderful thing. And like I said, we got an array of things to talk about, but more specifically, because you know Stranger here to Muhammad Speaks Radio and uh, you know Stranger to the Muslim community because you do work diligently with the Muslim community. You here, I'm here. You're a Christian black brother here. I'm a Muslim black brother here. But we brothers first. And we share in the same experiences and we don't let uh, labels and, and, and titles separate us from the goodly work that we must do in the name. We just say, get with your crowd, find your purpose, and you get to work. And when you find that purpose and you work in and you work, you meet up with those who's meeting up with you, who's going to the same working towards the same path that you're working for, and that's freedom, justice, and equality. Absolutely. And and let me just uh, add to that, Brother Minister. When you come from where we come from, a place like Camden, New Jersey, and and Camden is uh, flying high right now. We've made some uh, great accomplishments <laughs> yes, under our leadership with our mayor, Dana Redd, and, and her administration. And we've finally gotten back into a place where we're no longer an eyesore in in the face of this nation. But it's absolutely necessary for us to work together because um, as we will get into our conversation a little later on in the show, um, but when you come from a place where we come from, uh, when a bullet goes off, it doesn't stop to ask, are you Christian? Are you Muslim? Are you Catholic? Jehovah Witness? Seven Day Adventist? It's not going to stop and ask, are you Q-Dog, Kappa, Sigma? (laughs) That bullet has one intent, and that intent is to kill. Go ahead. So there is something called common ground, and if we're going to save our children, these are all our babies out there being destroyed. Come on. So it takes you, and it takes me, and a few other brothers and sisters to come together and try to do our part to save the life of another person. 
Yes, sir. And that is our aim and purpose. Beautifully said, brother. And, uh, you know, like I said, we got to, we might as well get right into it. Mm -hmm. You know, that we're talking about violence in the community here in Camden, uh, you know, something that we were known to. And so, and the great work that you said that Mayor Dana Red put us on. And I think that we're going to still continue to go on with the, uh, you know, president of the city council, Frank Moran. I think he's going to keep keep the legacy going and keep the work going because he's a hard worker. He's a worker. Yes, he is. And and he's a real a real man of God and a yes, real right. people's person. Go ahead. And he also has a vision for the young men in mm-hmm. the city of Camden. So I'm excited to to see his leadership come forth and uh, to work along with him. And, yes, uh, and again, to do my part Go to ahead. help um, build our, our, our uh, community, our city. That's right. Um, <clears throat> when I think of Camden and when people ask me about Camden or even other urban cities, Baltimore, Philadelphia. Because they're all the same. They're all the same. (laughs) My mind goes back to President John F. Kennedy when he said, ask not what this nation can do for you, but what can you do for this nation? That's right. It's not about what Camden can do for Chris Collins, but what can Chris Collins do to enhance the beauty and quality of the beautiful city of Camden, New Jersey, which he lives and raised his family. So if we all took that approach and just did our part to contribute to this city, we we certainly would rise to greatness. <laughs> yes, sir. Brother, I'm just having a great time just to hear someone echo that message. And I'm sitting here looking, I smiled because I see that class of 86 of called The High on your T-shirt there. And it makes me very proud when you and I graduated from high school together, Camden High School. And actually, you and I went to Hatch Middle School together and also Parkside That's Elementary. Right. So we've been, this is me and this brother. I mean, you know, one of the people that you could never, never get rid of, you know, That's kindergarten it. to fifth grade graduation to eighth grade graduation in Camden High. And I was just telling my 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 children the other day that, you know, that great mantra, the song written here by the wonderful Linda Creed called The Greatest. And mm-hmm. uh it came up when we were children with the Muhammad Ali movie. And, and of course, we sung that in our uh, our fifth grade graduation. Right. And then we sung it again because the song was very popular with the movie with Muhammad Ali, The Greatest. And we sung it in our eighth grade graduation. Then, lo and behold, we thought that that day was over. Then Dorn of Whitney Houston didn't come out with there that in 1986. Then we sung it again in our senior graduation. We could not get away from that song. But it's a well, well written song and a great song and it's a great opportunity and you know we come from the class 86 you were a great football player and uh, you went on had a wonderful career went on and went into the armed services and different things like that and you you know we were rocking and shocking the camden community helping to make camden proud and and absolutely and uh yourself as well being uh you know you're one of few that can claim the title as a national champion on that class (laughs) 86 Yes, the high uh, basketball team. Great Lou Banks and great Vic Garstoff and right. Denny Brown yeah. and Larry Colm and David Nieves and so many Kevin Smith and yeah. Lee Walls and great, so many great, great names. People, like and, people. And, yes, uh, sir. For all those purple and gold listeners out there. Yes, sir. The greatest represent <laughs> class of 86. Yes, sir. Well, I just did an interview with Milt Wagner on the YC Muhammad show and uh, we had a great time. So be looking forward to that show. Come on, as we talk about the greatest, you know, it's always conversation about what year was the great year, but no one has that title. We can say that about the class of 86. That's, and that's it. It was a great that's people it. that come out of that year, but I want to get right into this conversation now, now that we have this. Um, I think that the attention of the audience 
and give them time to settle down. Once again, I'm your host, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad. I'm here with my guest, the Reverend Chris Collins of the Anointed News Journal. If you don't have a subscription to the Anointed News Journal, we say go to anointednews.com and get a subscription to that newspaper. It's a wonderful newspaper. It's community involvement, array of stories, an array of information, and great work, 23 years of work, and you can get so much out of it. I say subscribe to that paper. You can go to Chris Collins on Facebook. You can go to the Anointed News Journal on Facebook and find out the information you can get to that. And I'm here talking here with my brother, but I want to talk about something Mm -hmm. as we were talking about violence. You know, with the recent shooting in Las Vegas, and I know I was getting the text from you, we was getting, um, you know, play by play because you happened to be in Las Vegas at the time of yes. that shooting, you had an encounter with the shooter. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And uh, and this is, you know, we like I say, we have to have our news and we have to tell our story because we know that sometimes news can get twisted. You hear President Donald Trump talking about fake news and he'll cry fake news on everything, even when it comes to him. So we don't know who to trust. But when we have people that's on the ground, that is community members that are trustworthy to give that story, we must pay attention and listen. So share with us that story and your experience in Las Vegas this past week. Sure. And and, uh, first, let me thank you, Minister Wasim Muhammad, for giving me the opportunity to come on to Muhammad Speaks radio show. All praises due to Allah. And um, uh, let me say, um, there have been several of my colleagues that suggested that I write about my experiences in the Anointed News Journal. However, my experiences uh, of being in Las Vegas with my family, there were about 19 of us from Camden County and Camden City mm-hmm. that were in Las Vegas for a wedding of my great nephew, uh, my niece's son, mm-hmm. who originally is from Camden. Yes, sir. Um, but uh, the experience, when I talk about it, sometimes can become very emotional. Mm-hmm. So... I don't feel that I, I I choose not to write about it, but I choose to come on to your radio show yes, sir. and do an exclusive interview with you yes, sir. and and share with your audience. We are honored and um, privileged. And let me just say that um, in my conversation here that I, I will refer to individuals as the gentleman mm. or the woman or the lady yes, or, or my family members. Um, because it's not like uh, some of them may not want to talk Correct. about it. Correct, we keep that. We all have our own Correct. Yes, individual sir. experience. Because people handle trauma differently, and you got to give people space in seeing something so horrific. You know, you talk about soldiers, you was a military man, and you know that things that people go through, that post-traumatic stress is real. We've been hollering about post-traumatic stress here in the black community for 400 years, Absolutely. so when everybody can talk about this trauma, we, we, we want to pay attention to it. Sure. And uh, so <clears throat> my family and I, we all uh, flew into Las Vegas um, that particular week. Uh, most of us got there on Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, and some came in on Friday. Uh, we all were in town for a wedding, as I said, and, and the wedding was scheduled to be Saturday. And, mm-hmm. and just a beautiful, a beautiful experience of being in Las Vegas Um over that past weekend and uh as a family uh we all we were all staying in various places uh along the strip one niece was staying 
in uh, Excalibur, which is right next to Mandolin Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, myself, and two of my family members, we stayed at Westgate, which is on the north end of the strip. Mandolin Bay is the furthest southern end. Mm-hmm. There's a monorail that makes various stops along the strip, mm-hmm. and our resort casino hotel was one of the stops. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the wedding on Saturday night, uh, myself and two of my family members, we, we came back to our resort and we're sitting in a casino area. And uh, my family members are uh, playing around a little bit on the machines and, and mm-hmm. uh, they decide to go upstairs to the room. And uh, myself, I'm, I'm sitting in the bar area. My back is to the bar, but I'm at a high top round table and I'm, I'm in a zone. I'm in my zone. It's about, uh, it's about maybe 12.30, 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. morning, Saturday night going into Sunday morning. And as I'm sitting there uh, at about a two o'clock position, I see a older white gentleman walk into my vision Mm -hmm. uh he comes in with a long brown trench coat on buttoned all the way up to his neck Mm. and it was that day it had to be pushing 90 degrees and it's hot in that southwest desert very very mild (laughs) evening very comfortable evening and um i just found it very strange that this gentleman would come into the casino dressed like that and when i looked at this individual um, immediately, I knew I needed to notify security. It mm-hmm. so happened that there was two officers walking in my other direction. Yes, sir. I didn't yell. So what made your instincts come up? Where do you think those instincts come from? From your military background well, or well, just growing up in Camden? I'm not going to say it's from a, a military background because yes, I was never active in the military. Okay. My seven years with the United States Marine Corps Reserve was, was volunteerism. Yes, sir. I, I just served in, in the capacity. Still that training, though. Yes, you sir. still had the training. But in my early days, I served as a law enforcement officer. I was a correction officer for yes, the Camden sir. County uh, Sheriff's Department. Yes, sir. At the age of 18. And at the age of 18, I was the youngest recruit in New Jersey State Police 110th uh, State Police class. Yes, sir. And although I did not succeed in law enforcement, I still went through numerous training in law enforcement. Yes, sir. And... Um, I'll also say whether you go through training in law enforcement or military or whether you go through training just from being from the hood. <laughs> go ahead. You know, that, yes, sometimes street smarts. Go ahead. Is uh and and as as men, I don't know about other cultures, but as black men, we have a habit that when we're out in public places, go ahead. We do not sit with our back to the doors, <laughs> you know, and and yes, during, during my training in in the state police I was always taught to know your surroundings, always know where your exits are, know your surroundings. I, I was always taught to be systematically unsystematic, never do the same thing all the time. Yes, Don't sir. let the enemy learn your routine. That's right. And I was always taught to think of the worst possible situation that could happen. That Whenever way you, you are already <laughs> prepared to <laughs> react. Ahead. Yes, sir. And, and it's called being aware. Brother. Being Go aware. Ahead. And based on that, uh, it has saved my life at least on three separate occasions <laughs> yes, sir. from a young man up until now. Yes, sir. So <clears throat> being observant and seeing someone come in, maybe to others he might appear to be normal because he was an older white gentleman. 
Yes, sir. But to me, it didn't matter if he was white, black, yellow, purple, red. Mm-hmm. What I saw was very abnormal. <laughs> yes, and, sir. And there have been times in the past that you see something that might appear to be weird and you say, look at that clown. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't the case. When the gentleman came in, he had no emotion. He had no facial expression. It was almost like a robot walking in. It was almost like, uh, like, like uh, the spirit of the Lord took me into a spirit realm. Mm-hmm. And as I see it played out, he allowed my two family members to leave the area to go upstairs, mm-hmm. which had anything broke out, it took them out of the line of fire. Yes, sir. He allowed me to observe this gentleman where I was approximately maybe 12 to 15 yards away from him. Mm -hmm. And had he made some type of movement Mm -hmm. to open his code or something, you were already, I I was close enough to react. (laughs) Yes. sir. But he also allowed two officers to be walking my way. Mm -hmm. When I was able to call one over, Mm -hmm. I identified myself. I said who I was, where I was from. And don't you find it very um, peculiar that, this gentleman is dressed in a long brown trench coat, mm-hmm. buttoned all the way up. Yes, sir. And the the uh, officer said, yeah, I kind of noticed that. Yes, sir. I want to reiterate that mm-hmm. again for our listeners who probably never been to the Southwest in Las Vegas. I mean, that desert heat in Las Vegas, I mean, they don't have the humidity that we have here on the East Coast because if they did, people would just drop off mm-hmm. like flies. But it is damn hot it's in hot. Las Vegas. You know what I mean? That desert heat. Is rough. I went to school out in the Southwest. I know that desert heat, more that heat can get to you. And that, and that's the strain to see someone in a white trench coat and that kind of weather. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with no emotion on his face and that to make a child even pay attention. Absolutely. And, and when he came in, uh, there was a roulette table that one of my family members was at pretty much all day. And next to the roulette table was a poker table, a blackjack and he came, there were four people at the table. He came and sat right down. Mm-hmm. Immediately as he sat down, I was already talking to the officer. And the officer said, "I'm, you know, we're going to watch him. Mm-hmm. So when the officer walked past him in one direction and then came back past him, another coming back, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the gentleman got a little uncomfortable and he got up and he left. Mm-hmm. Now, that was about 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. There was no thought in my mind that there was anything other than what I saw. The, yes, the shooting incident had not happened at that time. Yes, sir. So now we're going into Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Out of the 19 of us, five of us were scheduled to fly out back to Philadelphia Sunday evening at 11 p.m. Yes, sir. So <clears throat> two of my sisters, my niece, my brother, everybody that was flying out happened to be in my hotel unit in my room Mm -hmm. and all week I had not been to the strip now Friday night my family and all we all went to the old Las Vegas Mm -hmm. which there was another outdoor concert and we were all standing there we were all on the Mm -hmm. outdoor side a lot of people you're surrounded by tall buildings Mm -hmm. if you look at it everybody's just an open target Mm -hmm. but um on Sunday night after my family left to go to the airport Myself and another family member, we decided to get on the monorail, and we went down to the Strip. Mm-hmm. So we get to the Strip. We get into Harris Casino. Uh, we have to come through Harris. 
to, to get onto the strip. And we walk down to the Venetian. Mm-hmm. While we in the Venetian, at approximately, we, we got on the strip approximately 9.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And everything appeared to be normal. People mm-hmm. taking pictures. Um, it's just a normal, a very nice, calm night. Mm-hmm. And um, the telephone rings. I don't answer my phone, so my other family member answers the phone. And uh, it's my sister, one of my sisters who's on the plane. And she says, I don't know what's going on, but they wouldn't let my other brother and sister on a plane. My sister, my niece, and my niece's boyfriend were on the plane. Mm-hmm. My other brother and sister were inside the terminal. Gotcha. She said, we're looking out the window of the plane and we're surrounded by police vehicles. Mm-hmm. I tried to call my brother and sister, but no one answered. So I called my sister who was in the terminal, mm-hmm. and when she answered, that was the first time that they made an announcement in the airport that the airport's on lockdown because there's an active shooter mm-hmm. on top of Mandolin Bay. Those people who were on the airplane had no knowledge of what was going on because they wasn't brief. So I'm communicating back and forth as I talk to one sister that's in a terminal, gotcha. giving information to my sister that's on the plane. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, once again, for the audience, this is about what time this is. This, this is the, the yeah, day of the shooting. This is the day of the shooting. At, at this time, they were able to start boarding the plane somewhere around 10, 20 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, so three were on, the other two were, gotcha. and as well as others were stuck in a terminal. So... Inside the casino where where we were, myself and the other family member, um, when I come from the bathroom, now people are starting to get phone calls. There was another woman mm-hmm. who was on the phone and she got, you know, pretty loud. What what do you mean somebody's shooting? Where are they shooting? Now everybody around her in that area are starting to have a concerned look. Mm-hmm. So my other family member and I, we leave that casino and we start walking down the strip, actually heading towards where the action is. And I was supposed to meet another family member inside Caesars. And she called and said, where are you at? I said, I'm right outside Caesars. Um, I have the key to give to you. She said, well, we already left. We went back to the hotel. I said, okay. Then another family member calls and says, Uncle Chris, where are you at? Get back to your hotel immediately. There's someone on the strip shooting. Mm. And so we try to go into Caesars, and there's an officer at the door who would not let anybody in. Yes. So some people were running into the Bellagio, which was next to Caesars. So my family member and I, I suggest that we go back to Harris before they shut that down. Let's get back to the monorail and let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. When we get back to the monorail, we're on a monorail with two couples who were actually on tour of Mandolin Bay. And a gentleman said they were actually on their way to the rooftop when a tour guy shut it down. And he had stepped out to smoke a cigarette. And when he uh, went to go back inside, they wouldn't let him in. And he said, well, my wife's in there. And they were able to go in and they... You know, the the two couples had to run for their safety. Mm -hmm. They just happened to be staying at the same resort that we were staying in, and we were riding the monorail back. So this is where the mental anguish began to come in. Um, Sunday night up to 3 o'clock, there was a lot going on. 
people are sharing their stories, people that you're talking to. They're, um, you know, one gentleman had said that the woman who was standing right next to him got shot in the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Another person said that uh, a lady that was five people down got hit twice in the mm -hmm. chest. Well, let's, let's bring our audience back mm -hmm. uh, uh, for those who, because you're telling the storyline as a storyteller. So I want to make sure the audience is kept up that the man that you saw mm -hmm. in the casino that day was the active shooter. Now, I let me call his name. Mm -hmm. His know, name, his name was Steven Paddock. Okay. Now let's just say, let me say for the record that at this time, mm -hmm. I did not know who the shooter was Correct. because it, everything was going on right then. And the media at this time had not shown us a photo mm -hmm. of the shooter, the active shooter. Yes, in my mind, I was just hoping that with all the racial tension that's going on in this country with with our president, with the NFL, with with uh, black athletes taking a knee during the national anthem, in my mind, I was just saying, I hope this is not a black man. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and uh, we didn't see... Because we catch enough flack. Well, let's put that statement mm -hmm. in context. And because some people who listen to our audience, they may think that that's a a statement that they may not understand. And mm -hmm. I want to put that in context. Why we say that when we see so many things like that going on in our community, that is because we catch so much hell Absolutely. as a black man without any uh, negative press. Mm -hmm. Or we get a lot of negative press without anything negative happening in our community. We know we crazy as hell. We know we've been made crazy as hell in our community. And uh, so to see things that can add to more Absolutely. of the scrutiny mm -hmm. that a black man can come under is just to those who are conscious, we know that. We know we got to walk that walk of Jesus, that we have to carry our cross. Mm -hmm. And we're carrying that cross to be made of good people, but we just don't need no help. That's coming right. to that, the police pulling us over and the, the way that they view black men anyhow. And at a time like this with all the racial tension yes, going sir. on in this nation. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, had it been a black man, the war would be on. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and we don't need that right now. Yes, sir. <clears throat> so it wasn't until the next day when they showed his image on the TV that I said, wait a minute. Now, this is the guy that I saw come into the casino that night. Mm -hmm. And... um then they showed a second image of him. The first image, he had his goatee and his eyes were closed. They showed another image of him. And I was, to me, I'm 100% certain that this was the same guy. Yes, sir. It bothered me for several days after returning back. Mm -hmm. A lot of mental anguish while we were out in Las Vegas. The mental anguish started Sunday night. After a while, you, you're just worn out. You're tired of hearing about it. You, mm -hmm. You're seeing all the stories. You're seeing people tear down fence, barrier fences to put mm -hmm. bodies on and carry out. You're hearing the stories. You mm -hmm. know, And a lady said that when her and her husband ran to her car, there was people hiding under her car to take cover. Mm -hmm. One gentleman looked at her and said, will you help me? Mm -hmm. Because he was shot. And she put him in a car. Another person drove him to the, with her to the hospital. Her husband went to another hospital with another victim. Mm -hmm. Her girlfriend was there, and her girlfriend, 18-year-old daughter, got shot. Mm -hmm. A woman said it was the worst day of her life because she's at the concert. Her son's on the other side. She's trying to get to her son. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let her get to her son. Her son got shot and killed. Mm -hmm. To see people just falling, people running in a casino, hiding behind chairs and, and various things. Mm -hmm. Monday, 
was a day that was extremely quiet on the strip. We were not scheduled to fly out until 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. So naturally, in Vegas, you're going to go back down. So we, we're back down now. Mm-hmm. At our swimming pool, any given day, you have over 100 people out there. There might have <laughs> yes. been five people at the swimming pool. <laughs> yes, sir. The parking lot of the Marriott Hotel, mm-hmm. which had 3,000 cars in it the night before, might have had less than 15, 20 cars mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I showed you an image of me on the strip with Mandolin Bay at my back. Yes, sir. And there was nobody behind me. Yes, sir. So, so any and given day. And, that, and that's odd and strange for Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Anybody any given day, the there's a million people on that strip. <laughs> yes, sir. But it, it was, um, and, and you know, you, you're talking to people and people saying, well, I don't know if I should stay or if I should leave. Mm-hmm. One of my nephews had, he was leaving out on a 1230 flight. Mm-hmm. The rest of us at 11 p.m. So when he got to the airport, it was a madhouse. He called us and said, hey, you guys better get here early. Yes. Um, for us. There was more mental anguish for me. Mm-hmm. You know, one family member kept saying, why do they keep talking about it? Here we are trying to do something normal. Mm-hmm. But all you could think about was the 59 families whose lives been changed forever. Yes, sir. The sensationalism um, of it that the media does is, is kind of kind of disheartening. Yeah. And it makes you think about what their aim mm-hmm. is and what their purpose is. But go ahead, bro. My nephew from Maryland, who's originally from Camden, he, his wife, his teenage son and his teenage son had a friend who came with him mm-hmm. who parents allowed him to come to Vegas. Imagine you allowing your son to come to Vegas on a trip with his friend and you cut the TV on and see this, but oh, you hadn't man. talked to your son. son. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. My nephew who got married, 19 of us from Camden County went to the wedding. Mm-hmm. He married a Vietnamese woman. Mm-hmm. Her family flew in from all over. Mm-hmm. They left Sunday morning to go on their honeymoon to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. By the time they got to Hawaii and cut the TV on and they see all this madness going on in yes, Vegas, mm-hmm. they don't know if their family is safe or not. Correct. Yes, so sir. so these are all the things that lead to the the mental part of it that would physically wear you out. Yes, sir. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so to be able to experience or see or, or talk to people who say we, the only thing separating Mandolin Bay and the reason why they locked the airport down was because they believed that Stephen Paddock had an escape route and that he was going to try and get to the airport. Mm-hmm. And the only thing to separate Mandolin Bay from the airport was a barbed wire fence. Mm-hmm. Imagine two to 300 people climbing over a barbed wire fence at the same time mm-hmm. trying to get to safety. So that's why we can say that it seems as though for just simple intelligence, and we know that the intelligence is doing something different that it would, he would have picked that particular hotel because mm-hmm. we was wondering why that particular, not only because of the concert, but it was obvious from the person that you've seen that there was mischief there and already there. And this is the time, brothers and sisters, that we're living in today. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us about being in large crowds because of the day that we're coming into because America is under divine judgment. And this is why we can get this testimony from this brother and allow him to vent it out and share this story with the world. Someone who from Camden was there so he can get us on the ground of what uh, we can might can expect more of this in America to be prepared for that. And mm-hmm. this is what we take out of this because this is why, you know, some the wise may believe that why Allah, God allowed you to see this and be a part of that, mm-hmm. that is something of good for us to, mm-hmm. to share, you know? And, and let me just talk about the importance of, family, 
and and loving one another yes, as sir. family. Go ahead. You know, 19 of us all spread out all mm-hmm. over the strip. None of us really stayed together. Mm-hmm. We were all staying in different locations, different hotels, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the strip at various different times. Mm-hmm. The only way we knew each other was safe was by calling each other by telephone mm-hmm. as this stuff was going on. But one thing about our family is God has given our family favor Mm. And we're all believers in Christ. Yes, sir. And we believe that it was the blood of the lamb that covered us and protected us. Yes, sir. Um, So. Absolutely. To see the beauty, even in tragedy, to see thousands of people, whether they were tourists, whether they were local residents, to come and want to help in Mm -hmm. a situation like this for people the, the sheriff made a statement. We know people want to help, but we have this under control. Mm-hmm. If you want to help, go to the hospital, give blood. Mm-hmm. There was a three-hour wait to give blood. Mm-hmm. As people came, three hours turned into a nine-hour wait to give blood. Mm-hmm. You would see people pull up with cases of bottled water and donuts just to give people while they were waiting because people were staying. They were not leaving. Mm-hmm. It got to the point that the blood the blood vehicles and blood bank had no more space Mm. to accept donations of blood. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the surgeons uh, was interviewed and he was saying that what determines whether or not someone would live or die is how fast they could stop the bleeding. Correct. So, and it was necessary for people to come together and to give blood. So again, my message in this is when you see something, you definitely need to report it. Out of my family that was there, my one sister is a retired lieutenant in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. My niece who was there is a current captain in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Some of my family members there were also military. My niece who was there, that's a captain, did three tours in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think in three tours of Iraq that it got as hot as what mm-hmm. you know was going on there. So we pray for the families, for the victims. Uh, We pray for all those that, even though may not have been in the concert crowd, Mm -hmm. they were still in Las Vegas at that time. And we all have our own individual story. We all Mm -hmm. deal with it in our own different ways. Yes, sir. I said to my sister, I said, well, I did what I felt was required of me to do. I saw... I saw something that was abnormal. Yes, sir. I notified law enforcement. Yes, sir. And who knows by me doing that, what may have been prevented that mm-hmm. night. Maybe right. he wanted to start on that end of the strip mm-hmm. before he went to the other end. Yes, sir. So, yeah, and that's great testimony. I think we can allow, we're going to take a break real quick and we're going to come back and we're going to close this story. And I'm talking, I'm your brother, host of Muhammad Speaks Radio, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad. I'm here with my brother and friend, the Reverend Chris Collins of the Anointed New Jersey and a fellow Camdenite here in the city of Camden. As we're talking to the world, he happened to be in Las Vegas uh, this past week, um, uh, this past week during that violent, violent storm. And real quick, before we take a break, I want to send a shout out to City Council President Frank Moran and projected next mayor of Camden for the wonderful job at him and State Senator Nilsa Cruz and the City Council Angel Fuentes and Luis Lopez and all the ones of the uh, 
uh, local uh, government here in the city of Camden that banded together for Puerto Rico. I went there, had an opportunity to speak to our brothers and sisters there in the Puerto Rican community, and it's just a wonderful thing, and they're raising money. And to, I know today they took some supplies along with um, uh, Sister Les, uh, Lexi Nilcross there, mm-hmm. took some supplies to Puerto Rico. And, uh, you know, we just live in some trying times. And this is why we say we have to keep our ear to the ground and we have to band together as a righteous community. You know, we can put down labels. We got to put down religion. We got to put down the walls that keeps us separated. And we have to band together because this is the beginning, as the scripture teaches us in the Bible. This is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. of sorrow. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back and close this conversation down with our brother, the Reverend Chris Collins. We should unite regardless of your religious belief. Unity means power. Throw away your difference and let us all unite. This is the terrible time that you are living in. The world today are baptizing itself in blood. There is no such thing as peace. They can't buy peace. There is no future today for the Western world. I say you and I should unite as one people and do something for ourselves. And assalamu alaikum. And we are back, and it was great to hear that from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that what we have to do to protect ourselves and our community and you know, and everything starts with self, and then you have to spread that love abroad. And uh, as you listen to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, see, this is what we say here in the Nation of Islam that we, and as we talk about uh, this Sunday coming up, before we close out our conversation with the Reverend Chris Collins, this Sunday in Newark, New Jersey, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan will celebrate, and the Nation of Islam will celebrate the 22nd anniversary of the Million Man March there in the great state of New Jersey, in the city of Newark, New Jersey, at Symphony Hall, 2 p.m. Go to NOI.org or to thefinalcall.com to get more information on how you and what your community can do to support and to listen to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad student, top student, the national representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, have to say about the times that we're living in. And this is what it's all about. I think his title is taken from the 1959 lecture title of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Separation or Death. And you can understand what we're trying to talk about and what we're trying to convey in the nation of Islam is that all of this that you see happening, what you see going on today, that this is nothing, that God does nothing without aim and nothing without purpose. It is something, and times that we read the scriptures of the Bible, when we read the Holy Quran, it is times like this when we have to ask ourselves, what is the creator saying? What what is he getting out of this? If he's a God of love, then God, why are you letting so much go on? We say tune in to the national representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is the national spokesperson of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. And you can learn more about what he has to say. Go to NOI.org this Sunday, um, October the 15th here in the city, great state of New Jersey, in the city of Newark, New Jersey, the 22nd anniversary of the Million Man March, Separation or Death. So I'm here again with my brothers. We greatly wind down on this uh, show, brother. This is very compelling. I feel your spirit. And those of us who, who clean up our lives to fill each other's spirit. And this is why 
When you find yourself, brothers and sisters, when you find yourself, there's no wall that can put you down with someone. There's no wall of religion or title. It's a wall of submission, as we say, is a wall of dedication to that deity that we all share and that we all come from the stem from the root. And when you understand the root of everything, then as the uh, uh, one minister said, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that the branches, as he gave his uh, um, his testimony at the late the great Dr. Um, um, Dick Gregory's funeral about the controversy about whether he's uh, converted to Christianity or not. And he just sat that foolishness down that all these branches of religion are branches. He have root knowledge and the root knowledge is what counts. And you can go anywhere on any branch when you have root knowledge. So once again, I'm here with the Reverend Chris Collins. We want you to close us out because I know some people are saying, well, well, brother Chris, what did you do? What, what happened? What was the end result? <clears throat> what, what, what was the end? Sure. Close us down. My Absolutely. Brother. So, so again, for me coming back to New Jersey, seeing all the media coverage, seeing, seeing things that, I'm not going to say it all made sense or it didn't make sense, but but a lot of it was a lot of fluff. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, things were real, but um, yes, for me, there was a lot of unrest for about three days. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, getting back, going right into work on Tuesday morning, um, dreaming about this stuff, it got to the point that I knew I needed to do something else. Yes, sir. So to back myself up on Thursday, I called back to the resort, which I was staying. Mm-hmm. I talked to the gentleman who runs the resort. And I, I, he had mentioned to me that the feds have been in there because there were some suspected sightings of mm-hmm. Mr. Paddock in that casino, but they all proved to be invalid. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let me tell you what I saw. Mm-hmm. I explained what I saw and I gave him the timetables and asked him, the purpose for me calling was to ask him to pull the video footage. Mm-hmm. You'll see me sitting in a certain location. You'll see me talking to your officer, mm-hmm. and you'll see your officer make a pass by this gentleman. Mm-hmm. Where the gentleman went at that point, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know if he came there to do damage. I don't know if he came to plant a bomb. I don't know what he did, mm-hmm. but I knew... I did what I felt was required of me. And mm-hmm. since I gave that information, I felt more at peace. Yes, sir. By me sitting here sharing my story, I feel more at peace. Now, since Thursday, I've called back to the resort. I've called back to the person who runs the resort. I called back to the director of security mm-hmm. at least five times, and no one has returned my calls yet. Yes, sir. So, whether they just continue in their investigation, I don't think that take long. Mm-hmm. But um, for some reason, my calls have not been returned. Yes, sir. But but as far as I'm concerned, I'm at peace. My family's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, God has blessed us, and and um, I continue to pray for the the families and the victims of Las Vegas. Yes, sir. Well, brother, we definitely appreciate this opportunity to sit down and have this candid conversation with you and the lively art of conversation, what we intend to do here with Muhammad Speaks Radio to allow the community to hear our story and hear from our from us. And this is what we intend to do, because if we don't tell it our story, then uh, we can we can expect others to tell the story for us. And this is why media, black media, you know, is so important. Muhammad Speaks Radio, Anointed News Journal, Final Call Newspaper, Crow TV, all of these outlets to get our story to our people, right. but we intend to stay locked down on certain things. And we can't believe the hype. 
Go ahead. This was a deadly shooting, whether it was one person or whether it was 59 people. Mm-hmm. They want us to believe that it was the deadliest shooting in U.S. history. Go ahead. But I can go back to at least 13, if not more, times. Go ahead. From Oklahoma, where... In 1921, 3,000 black people were killed by gunfire. Come on. St. Louis, 1917, 1,700 blacks were killed by gunfire. Come on. Tennessee, 1864, 300 blacks killed by gunfire. Louisiana, 300. I mean, I can go on and on. Rosewood, Florida, 150 blacks killed by gunfire. Yes, sir. So as you mentioned earlier, as black people, we have a history Mm-hmm. of being oppressed in this country. Go ahead. That's why I was so glad that this man yes, didn't represent us. Go ahead. But um, again, if it's just one person, it's still a tragedy. So That's we right. pray for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just ask that, uh, you know, God bless us all. And, yes, and as, as the word of God tells us, these are just the beginning of sorrows. Go ahead. Yes, sir. And I think that's great, brother. And I'm so glad that you brought that home with that. And that tells you where we at in the black community, where you can hear brothers stand up and talk about ourselves that, you know, this country sometimes with their media discount, discount whether or not we are human beings as with those lives lost in Oklahoma, those lives lost in uh, Florida was just not lives at all. And uh, this is why, you know, the mantra that the black lives always matter to us here in the nation of Islam, we didn't need this fast few years of uh, police brutality, which now with the cell phones is just now being um, uh, recorded and but we, and, and exposed. But we've been under police brutality since 1555, since we came here on the ship called Jesus on uh, coming across the river with uh, with Sir John Hawkins and uh, police brutality been going on forever. So I'm delighted, brother, that you came in. I feel as though that you... I can see it on your face that you got this off and you shared this with our community. And I'm so great and so grateful to have you as a friend and a brother. And I say a Godspeed, brothers, always. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There you go, brothers and sisters. You have it again. My brother and friend whom I love, who I've grew up with here in the Parkside section of Camden, the Reverend Chris Collins of the Anointed News Journal. And Chris, if they can get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you with further information? They they can reach us on Facebook at Chris Collins Anointed or Anointed News Journal. They can call me at 856-904-9429 or anointedonline.net. Yes, all praise. Anointedonline.net. All praise due to to Allah. And once again, as we just past weekend celebrate the birth anniversary of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, coming up this weekend is the 22nd anniversary of the Million Man March uh, 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 that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam will be having in Newark, New Jersey, this Sunday at 2 p.m. Go to NOI.org or FinalCall.com. And to our brothers and friends of Crow TV, Brother Munir Muhammad, Brother Halif, Muhammad, Brother Shaheed Muslim, and Brother Mandeem Muhammad. We'll see you this weekend, as always, as you fly in to record the history. And as not only the Nation of Islam, they are the archivists of the Nation of Islam, of not only the Nation of Islam of yesterday, but today and tomorrow. I'm your brother, your host this evening, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad. As we always say, love your black self and love your black kind. As I greet you as I came to you with the greeting words of peace and paradise, we simply say it in the Arabic language, Assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto you.
that this word will be multiplied into their hearts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. To cover the 30 or more million people of ours. Yes, sir. Here in America. Yes, sir. We are happy to say to them that listen, for those few minutes, that we are your brother and your sister. And that we want you in a circle of safety from a Savior that is well able to save you and me. Thank to Master Rod Muhammad, Almighty God, for coming to save you and me. And the word that you have heard of him, please take them to heart. Go forth wherever you may go. And tell others of your kind that the Savior have arrived. WTMR Gospel 800, where the master...